Hey guys, I'm Richard Fitzgerald. This is Dubai Works, where we interview the business leaders making a difference in this great city. That business with scalability was very interesting to me. I like building something that has legacy. Welcome to another week of Dubai Works Business Podcast. Today, we have the CEO of CapEx.com, Madalena Rotaru, who's joining us in Bucharest. Uh, Today, a reminder that today's show is powered by Zbuni. The Zbuni app gives businesses free tools to start, run, and grow online, accept payments, build an e-store, and create mobile invoices in minutes. While interview is brought to you by Zbuni, the guests and stories told are their own. So aiming to change the way we invest today, capex.com is a global broker. Uh, they have a range of platforms that provide fast and flexible access to thousands of assets, uh, multiple markets, including Forex shares, uh, in indexes, indices, uh, bonds, ETFs. I'll have to get a lesson on some of the terminology, commodities and CFDs. Capex has become the first brokerage company to receive the in-principle approval from Abu Dhabi Global Market back in 2019. This was spearheaded by the CEO, Madalena Rotaru, who is our guest today, as a highly ambitious woman in the predominantly main-dominated financial sector, Madalena had to face overcome her fair share of obstacles to break through the proverbial glass ceiling that defers so many women in achieving their uh, career aspirations. Today, we're going to be talking about capex.com, a lot about the financial and fintech sector, uh, and also how to identify the right stock uh, for you and build an online portfolio. So good morning, Madalena. Thanks for joining us. Morning, Richard. Thank you. So, yeah, as, as I mentioned, we're on the Zoom call and typically you are based in Abu Dhabi. Yes, exactly. Typically I'm in Abu Dhabi, but now I came to my hometown in Bucharest because we have also an office here and I decided to stay two weeks. Okay, nice. So it's a work trip and to see family and friends. Great. So, um, did you, so can you talk about capex.com, the company, how it started and uh, just share the, the journey so far? Sure. Capex.com is like an online trading company that is riding the wave of existing interest from Generation Z in regards to offering a whole range of financial instruments. Currently, Capex.com has over 2,000 uh, instruments, and we started three years ago. And we can say that now we have four licenses that are specialized in different sectors and different world. We have in Cyprus, we have in uh, South Africa, we have in Seychelles, and the most recently it's in Abu Dhabi. The capex.com started um, with a young team of people which wanted to democratize the existing domain of capital markets and give access to, to investors from all kinds of uh, regions and age to have the possibility to invest in, in different instruments that, of course, are very interested in, uh, in our days. And we are offering this kind of products to, to our customers. Also, we have currently over 250 employees and nine offices across the world. And uh, I can say probably that Abu Dhabi office started during the pandemic time. And even though it was not easy, I can say that uh, that now it's full of people and uh, we are growing also in, uh, in GCC. It, amazing. It sounds like really fast growth, the 250 people, nine offices, global. And, and this is particularly a, a space that, you know, has to go through lots of different approvals and things like that. Are you known as a, as a fintech rising star in Romania? Is that where your developers are? And is that where the team is? Is that, is that where the company is um, well known? Yes, the company is well known in Romania, but also the company is very well known in Europe, starting from Spain, where we have our own office. We have in Cyprus, we are now in, a, in approval to get also an Italian office. So um, we are very well known in Europe. And now we started and we came with an European air, let's say, in the GCC. And we like to combine with, uh, of course, the local um, uh, tradition, I will say. So we like to offer also to, to MENA region and to, uh, to GCC and mostly to United Arab Emirates a range of products influenced by an European style. Mm. Yeah, interesting. So uh, let's just talk about some of those so, because we often hear of different bonds or sukuks that are that are in the region. Um, is that what you're referring to? Different products, or do you mean um, sort of different uh, in instruments like uh, securities and and regional flavor and regional companies? 
Okay, I, I will explain that CAPEX now has a different financial instrument and we have also new products that they are not, let's say, in the market yet. We have an instrument, it's called Blend, where the, our customers and investors can trade multiple assets in a basket of instruments. So it's something that still the market doesn't, uh, is not, let's say, well known in the region and we like to, to emphasize it to our in, uh, investors. More than that, we are offering high education. So I know that there are a lot of securities and bonds and other type of companies or brokerage companies in, in United Arab Emirates and the MENA region, but what we are coming with, we are coming with educational package. We like to offer to all type of investors, starting from someone that has, let's say, only $500 to someone that wants to put 5 million. So we have a platform that can educate also the investor and in the same time offering to the experienced investor a range of instruments that they can choose from, starting from trading Apple, uh, Microsoft, uh, Netflix, till Forex and uh, ETF and commodities, as you mentioned earlier. Interesting. Yeah. So um, I'm not familiar that uh, I'm not familiar of other. Uh, maybe it's my ignorance of fintech companies coming from Romania, but I do know that Cyprus, where you mentioned you have an office, is very well established in this sort of industry in fintech and and forex and trading. Um, and what what attracted you in, in the countries that you're in in South Africa? And what, what attracted you to the Middle East and in particularly Abu Dhabi? Okay. Look, we, we take decisions, okay? So we are thinking which customers are the one that needs to benefit from our services and that we can come and make a difference. I know that maybe other companies are um, trying to go in countries that they are already known and the investors, are, they are already familiar with this type of instruments. But in our case, we decided to make a case study and decide, okay, which countries and which market are the best for our instruments and we can offer to clients something that they can actually benefit from. So we looked and said, okay, we are now established in Europe. Which are the next um, markets that we should penetrate? And we decided, okay, South Africa, it's also a very good market. The clients are very willing to learn about the, about the market and about the investments and about the new technologies. And after South Africa, we decided, okay, the next one will be in United Arab Emirates. And we decided that Abu Dhabi Global Market is one of the best um, regulator, let's say, and environment that will help us to, to come with these new products into the market and offering to our uh, potential investors. Good to hear. So we decided, we said, okay, United Arab Emirates is the, is the country that we need to be. Good to hear. Okay, I want to ask a little bit more about how you've done this online, but just in terms of the opportunities available to retail institutional investors, you know, the, the kind of fintech and the investment landscape is very broad. There's many options. It's obviously an industry that's, you know, say almost centuries old. Uh, what's, how do you view, say, CapEx as an online trading platform? versus a brokerage and how uh, do people, how would you advise people typically to navigate this? Do I need a broker? Can I do everything on an app? Do I do it through my bank? Uh, do I need to work with a wealth manager? Do I need to qualify? Um, so what's your positioning and how do you think people should see capex.com? Well, first of all, I would like to say that even though the uh, traditional style, it's still very popular, even mostly now during pandemic, I think everybody saw that everything needs to be digital and everything goes to the fintech industry, everything. Like even now you can shop online, you can make appointments, you can ask doctors to come to your house, you can do everything in one app. And this is what we are offering to our, uh, to our investors. And this is the difference. How do you see CapEx? You know, CapEx is the place where you can find everything that you like to trade in one basket. Is, is the platform that is giving you also the educational knowledge that you need to know. In our platform, you can receive alerts, you can read the news, you can understand what other analysts are saying about a specific instrument. Interesting. Everything in one single place. That means that if you are going with a traditional, let's say, brokerage company or a brokerage house, you will need to do your own research. You do not have someone that can actually uh, call you or send you marketing news or explain to you um, how the market goes or what other 
people are saying. You need to do your own research. You need to look online. You need to see, okay, I'm talking maybe with one person that will say invest this in this. With us, it's different. The investor will have everything in one single place, and the technology is the one that will range up everything. Mm. Everything can be done. Even school now, it's online. So yeah. if you do not have enough to do it online, then it's very bad. So it's the same in the, in the online trading. And I can say that we are coming also with a, an innovative platform. And in this platform, again, you can do, and the investors can do a lot of things that they cannot do on a traditional brokerage house. They can put alerts. They can set up a stop loss and take profit. They can uh, check the, the uh, platform and they can see the instruments, how they go. They have a performance from the past five years about an instrument. So they have everything in one place to take the correct decisions where to invest. Interesting. Okay, so what I've seen, and again, from you know, from outside the industry, I've seen two types of financial companies do this in the last decade or so. One type is the complete disruptor, like the Robin Hood, and it's zero fees, and they, they do different types of things with um, order flow uh, deals and things like that. Um, and they've raised a lot of money. Uh, they're going to listen to the stock market. I heard they're going to try and patent the word hood. Uh, but so there's lots of things happening around Robin Hood and there's controversy, et cetera. And then the other type of company that I've seen do it is a, is a bank. So a traditional financial bank, uh, you know, the, the one that I particularly personally use is Saxo, a Danish bank. And um, they uh, can provide this app that allows a trading platform. What, what I haven't seen is a, is a traditional brokerage firm or uh, a company that does what you do, uh, forgive me if I'm wrong, is something in the middle, which is you provide everything that the, the bank platform would use, but also that you're purely online, you have a lot of instruments, you have a lot of different options. So it's very geared up to someone who wants to kind of be a retail trader as well. Yes, you are correct. And, and also I like to mention that Yes, we are in the middle and we are offering now and we are in, in process of implementing and adding even new more uh, new new products to our investors. And they will have one single platform that they can do even a CFD product, either direct market access. They will have also the possibility to trade uh, zero commission. So we'll combine everything in one place for the investors to take the decision if they would like to have more, more risky invest, investment or they would like to go on a long term. On or, a, or a short term. So what we are doing now, we are trying to, to have in one single place, I would say one single sign-on, um, access to all the markets. Mm. And, and for, for us, and not only, but also for our investor, we see that in our days, the traditional goes to Robinhood, as you mentioned, and the other way around. Mm. The, they do not have one place to trade all the instruments. And this is the next step that CapEx is taking that will have the, the investors will have access in one single platform to offer both models, I would say. Also Robinhood, also the zero commission stock and uh, also the CFDs. Yeah. Fast and I think it's the, the future. Yeah, definitely. I think it's really interesting space at the moment and there's a lot of excitement around it. We had the founder of Baraka, uh, a, a platform that's just done a pre-seed round in, in, in the UAE on recently and they haven't launched their app yet uh but they talked about launching with 4000 uh securities mainly in the US equity space and there's recede another platform we have different type who are also in that sort of retail uh trading space and then there's also uh we see stash away out of singapore doing quite well in in the UAE at the moment um sarwa is doing well so there's lots of options for for people i was going to ask about fees how do you position you know, for example, um, and I don't think I'm doing any discredit, but I, I'm, I bank with HSBC. If I want to buy a share of, say, Apple, um, did quite well with their results last night. If I want to buy one share of Apple, uh, I, that, that transaction will cost me $50 on HSBC. It'll cost me $10 on Saxo and it'll cost me zero on a Robin Hood or, or a receipt. So, Clearly, as a as a you know someone, if you're making multiple trades, the zero fees thing is obviously very attractive. But how do you how, how do you approach fees, and is this something? Uh, how do you make that compelling, and how do you make business out of it? Um, I know that different companies have different fees. 
And I would like to mention that even though we are we are offering financial instruments, we try to be competitive. In the same time, we are still looking to understand what the investor wants. Why? Because each company, even though let's say you are paying ten dollars for a share in uh, I don't know which one you mentioned, <laughs> um, you need to to look also on the other fees that you may may have behind. Okay, what we do, we are offering a transparent fee. Uh, uh, to, to our investors. Okay, I will not position ourselves that we are very low in fees. I cannot say that we are the highest because, of course, we did our benchmark as well. What I can say is that based on the customers, they have also different account types that they can choose. And also, we have the possibility to have, um, let's say, a more reduced fees for different type of customers. Mm. What I would like to say is that, of course, each company needs to, to sustain and, and to be in the market. And when they say zero commission is never, in my opinion, at least for what I saw, is never zero, zero commission because they also need to produce some money on you as a customer. So for sure you need to pay a subscription fee or maybe you need to pay a conversion fee or maybe you need to pay something. But only zero commission, we need to put a question and say, okay, it's actually zero commission. What are the other commissions? So what we are coming with and we say, okay, these are the fees that we are operating now. We try to be competitive. We are discussing with our customers based on the account types. But more than that, we are all the time trying to adjust to the markets where we are operating. Hmm. Because each customer in each region, they have their own specific uh, type of seeing the things, I would say. Yeah. And as you said, you're trying to educate and provide that platform as well. And I think people you know sort of people who invest uh, in the past will have known what a brokerage uh what a brokerage firm and their and their services and the fees and the benefits so i think people seeing that you're more cost effective than what what they might have had a generation ago uh if they're if they're well advised enough if they if they know the space well then that would be compelling but just before we kind of move on on the technology part uh 2100 assets and securities how does one how do you go about that you know if i want to if i want to launch um uh an app i we mentioned earlier school online or or you know if i want to launch a, a food delivery company i know i have to go and approach uh restaurants to get them sign up i have to do marketing if i want to launch a streaming business i have to acquire produce content when when i'm launching a bank I probably need to have money, et cetera, regulation. <laughs> but but for, for you, you know, how do you how does one go about saying I can now trade, I can now offer these products and access to these stock exchanges? Do you have to have a deal with all the different bourses? Uh do you have to have a, a different thing like that? And and to your point as well, which is again compelling for say me, you know, I, I might I might have identified a stock that is good in the virtual reality space but only trades in hong kong and isn't possible on these other platforms so how do you do that with it with a with a smallish team a couple of years old how do you get all those things on your platform first even with a financial instrument you need to have money to okay. start it <laughs> yeah so did you guys raise money well yes we did we did raise money as well Actually, we just uh, finished around. When we started the company, we didn't raise any money. We had our investors that uh, they come, they came from the industry and they, they had. Um, now, coming back to, to your question, I'd like also to mention something about the earlier one. I would like to say that in our platform, what we like to have and what is the future and we are working on is that the clients will have one single platform for all the instruments meaning that they do not need to have different instruments for different type of uh, businesses or different type of financial products. This is what we believe is the best because when an investor started to be very familiar with one platform and you would like to offer for him either direct market access, either you would like to offer him a CFD, either you would like to offer him different type of um, like zero commission and so on, it's very important that the client and, or the investor will be familiar with the platform he's using. So this is a next step, even though you made a comparison with other companies, I would like here to emphasize that for us, it's one in one single place. We do not want the client to perform uh, actions that he needs to get out of the platform and open a new platform. Okay, so he needs to have everything in one. Mm. Now, regarding the stocks and um, we have a team, the risk management team, and they are always assessing what are the new 
trends or the new companies that appear on different stock exchanges. And we are looking to see if they have enough liquidity, if it's an interest for our, our uh, investors. And based on this, through our liquidity provider, we are integrating on into our platform. We can add new instruments. Actually, we have also an IPO product. So basically, the investors, they can um, trade an IPO directly into our platform. And the same is like you do not know the date. You just add the instrument and as soon as you it's up on into the exchange market exchange market you are getting the feed so we have a team that is specialized on this product they are a risk management team interesting uh i understand just that's an interesting uh, product as well the ipo one can you explain it a bit more is it that you provide early access or as soon as the instrument is listed either direct or, or initial it, the person gets an alert and they can kind of book at a certain price or is there anything preferential beforehand um i will say that in the past we had also product called pre-ipo now we are more focused on on ipo how it works is that the clients will get an alert and we are doing also marketing so the, the, our investors or potential investors can know when when uh, the instrument is up and live uh, they do not have access for the moment to pre-IPO. They have access actually when the, the instrument or the company is listed and they are getting to trade it based on the feed that we had in the platform. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Um, and what are the other uh, products? Can you explain a little bit more about uh, the ETFs that, that you have and how you go about those and, and the blended products? First, it will be very nice one day to show you our platform. You will see that it's very user-friendly. And now that you mentioned is that each investor, even if he doesn't have enough experience into the financial market, they can see all the explanation into the platform. Very so good. they have the possibility when they will open that they will understand with key statistics, information about the product, everything in one place. So they will take the correct decision before they are actually doing an investment. And now regarding the blends and ETFs and other um, instruments that we have into the platform, I will say, for example, the blend, because it's much new ETF, let's say that it's already a bit popular into the, into the region. The blend, it's a basket of instruments. And I will give you an example. We have one instrument that it's called e-commerce blend. In the e-commerce blend, we are having a range of products from different technology companies. We have maybe Apple, Amazon, and, and so on. And they are getting a price based on different percentage that it's built between the liquidity provider and the exchange. So the customer, if he doesn't want to invest, let's say, in Amazon, to buy a stock of Amazon separated, he can invest in this blend where he has access to multiple uh, e-commerce or uh, technological companies at once. And um, I think the advantage is that all the time we see when it's something new into the market and we have this possibility on creating a blend, giving to the investors the possibility to trade everything at once. Okay, In fascinating. Yeah, again, I think it's amazing that I, I, sh I will uh, register, <laughs> I will read up about it, but I think that's such, so important because it, you know, it kind of takes the risk away in one respect and people can uh you know can have different sorts of uh they can follow a trend and they can um potentially uh do better than the sort of you know general returns they might get in a savings account so it's really good that you have all those products um but madalina talking about so you your position as ceo uh, how did you how did you start your career were you in the financial sector at the beginning yes i started in the financial sector but i started on a different uh area, I'll say, in a different department. I started from legal. I finished the law university. After that, I moved to, to the back office position, uh, still in a financial company. And slowly, slowly, I progressed and I arrived to be the CEO of the group. And now I'm also the CEO of uh, the company in, in Abu Dhabi. And um, I will say that it's not an easy way, but when you dream on something and uh, when you fight against the um, I would say, you know, financial world, it's always seen as a man world. And uh, I think a few years ago, more than seven years ago when I started, 
I all the time had because it was also different mentalities. I heard that it will be hard for me to, to arrive in this position because in general you have only men around you. So it's very few women that they reach this this position, mostly because you know, as a woman, you want to have a family, you want to have kids. So you do not focus necessarily on growing in a career that it's very it's not easy, I would say. It's not hard, but it's not also easy. So I started from a legal background. I passed through, through back office. I passed through other operational uh, department. I passed through finance, through business intelligence, through all the departments to understand the overall business and not only a portion. Because when you reach a position, you need to understand both sides. I also did a test to understand how the investors will react in different uh, instruments or different uh, financial products. I, I work a lot with the back office team to understand what are the needs of our investors. And uh, now I'm in this position. <laughs> wow. Uh, right. Well, that, that's a good uh, topic to talk about. And I want to ask a little bit more about how you juggle everything. But we'll take a quick break and we'll be back in a few seconds. As mentioned at the start of this episode, Dubai Works is powered by Zbuni. Do you want to create unique and personalized gift boxes for friends, families, or corporate events? Box.ie has got you covered. When you have predetermined bundles on your website and you want to diversify these with customized orders, Zbuni is designed to help. Through Zbuni's tech, once a box is configured, payment is made simple, secure, and fast via WhatsApp or social. And we're back. So Madalena was taking us through, uh, whoops, my headphones, uh, <laughs> was taking us through how uh, capex.com uh, grew, how uh, the platform and everything to do with how people can approach investing and, and a brokerage in an online environment. But just before the break, we talked about Harola CEO and her career to date. Uh, so what, what I, you know, you did touch, talk about Madalena about uh, female uh, in the fintech sector, and we can we can discuss that in more detail as well. Uh, but just just to put the scale of this, you're one person, your group CEO, your CEO of Abu Dhabi as well. There's 200 or so people. There's nine offices around the world. We're in a global pandemic. Like, how do you have the headspace? How do you have the? How do you manage it? You know. What what are your kind of uh, tricks and, and tactics, and what's the team around you like? I will say that uh, the miracle word is teamwork. You cannot run a, a company in any position as a CEO or CEO if you do not have a strong team that can be under you. And this is what we are also building in Capex. We are building people that they can help us to develop even more. It's not easy. I cannot say it's easy. It was a hard uh, way to reach. I think it's a joy that in the end you say, okay, I'm satisfied and happy that the investors are happy that we have new products and we are developing all the time. And again, the teamwork is very important. I think currently that without a team and without technology, you cannot reach different levels. Mm. This is impossible. So what Capex is doing is not only a financial company, I will say that it's also a technological company because we have also our arm that is doing the development in different uh, um, different aspects for our uh, for our uh, employees, but also for our investors. And I will also like to mention that Capex, um, or I will say the QA group that is actually holding the brand Capex, it was a case study with Microsoft, and everybody can see on Microsoft.com the case study on our company, a Romanian company that we implemented. And we are on very digital, let's say, advanced area. Mm. So this is how we combine. Like it's not easy. It's, it's it's difficult because you need to think all the time on how to maintain the interest of the investors, and in the same time to have a company that is doing all the reports on time for the regulator. And it's not easy. You need all the time to combine, you know, all the aspects of all the departments. Mm. And due to the fact that we have offices across the world, we try to make a a place where all our employees can be can see each other. We have an internal, I would say, Facebook that we are using for our employees. Um, we have our own uh, developed internally systems that we can have reports and we understand when the employees um, are coming at work and if they are, um, let's say, satisfied and they are working well. And we try, again, for me, in my position, I'm trying to build also people and learn them to help us to take different positions mm. 
So this is how we combine teamwork and uh, digital. Amazing. Uh, sounds amazing. Sounds like very strong operational foundation and obviously with the legal backgrounds. But uh, technology is difficult, right? It, you know, the, from a CTO point of view, is that something that you said, okay, this team are obviously really good, I'm going to trust them? Or did you go, oh, I need to... I need to teach myself on this. I need to learn a bit of codes. Um, and how did you uh, how did you adapt to that? I will say that I don't know codes, even though I would like one day to have enough time to learn. I think it's the next uh, yeah. next thing. But yes, we do not have uh, only a CTO. We have a team, and even though I do not know code, I know the product, and I know. Uh, what we need to do. So what is the final product? Because I'm putting also in the shoes of the investor. All the time, for example, when we have a new product or when we want to develop something, we are doing tests like with people that are not our employees to see what are their feeling when they join the platform. So we'll understand from an investor perspective how they feel. So besides the CTO that uh, he's very good, of course, and strong, we have also other team members and it's a teamwork between all the departments, starting from the back office that they have the first interaction with the customer, um, with, with our sales department that, again, they are also in, uh, in discussion with clients. We have an educational department. So, yeah, well, I don't know code, but <laughs> I, I'm trying to uh, learn from yeah. everything. I, I believe that the key for success, not for the, only for women, but also for men, is that they will develop constantly. Every day you learn That's something right. new. Definitely amazing. And your internal processes, again, you know, maybe really between the lines, but you sound very strong in that space. And, and uh, personally, as an operational person, do you approach market launches like that? Do you have a playbook? Do you say, okay, we're going to Abu Dhabi, we're going to hire this pro profile of person, and we're going to roll it out in this time frame, or do you do a case by case basis? In general, we have uh, created internal, I would say, templates that we are using for each region that we are uh, we are operating. And of course, we have a business plan. Without a business plan, you cannot approach anything. Mm. So in the business plan, we have, okay, this is the timeline. This is the team that we need to have. These are the products that we like to go uh, uh, to our investor and that, that are working in the specific region. And on top of that, what will be the start? How we start? Okay, what will be the market we penetrate? How we approach our investors? What we need to do from a legal, operational, financial point of view? Mm. So we are doing a business, a very strong business plan before we are opening into, into a region. And we have, of course, KPIs that are very important for us as a company. Why? Because we need to understand until which level we can, we can reach. You know, each company needs to have a maturity date for each product and each instrument. That after that, you need to have a new product and coming with something uh, different i will say mm. so we did this before we are actually approaching of course we are doing a lot of research we are checking and doing research and checking our i will not say competitors but i will say companies from the industry because in the end it's place for everyone and um market yeah. research yeah we are doing all this from an operational point of view okay interesting so yeah i mean we talked about female leadership and the, and the financial sector i think I could be wrong, but top of my head, the, you know, Citibank are one of the only major global financial companies that have a female uh, leadership. Um, and But not only in financial world, also in the tech world, there aren't as many uh, female CEOs, obviously, as male. Uh, so, yeah, <laughs> you're, you're rare. <laughs> you're rare. Um, how do, <laughs> is that something that you is that something that you know, you look and for role models, do you kind of follow people? Do you say, oh, if they can do it, I can do it. Some of the notes uh, for this interview talk about glass ceiling. Do you think it exists? Are you trying to kind of break ground? Are you trying to, uh, you know, encourage uh, and inspire other people uh, to be in a position that you are? To be honest, I do not have a model. Maybe it will sound... Um... Well, it will sound a bit uh, strange, but I never thought on myself, okay, I need to follow this uh, path in order to reach a level, I or I need to follow this woman. To be honest, I didn't even concentrate that much if there are many women in the in the financial industry or not. I just know what mm -hmm. I was uh, handling. And uh, that, again, I spoke mostly with men. But also I believe that in the last years, 
um, I think the, the financial world started to open mostly for, for women as well. Actually, actually, I would like to say that we have also females that are investors into our platform. And I think they have a much, I would say they're more, uh, they look more and they do much more research and they are a bit more organized, I would say, from as far as I, I saw so far. Mm. But I do not have a model. I cannot consider myself that I can be a model for someone. But what I would like is that every employee, for example, that I'm talking with, or any investor, um, any business partner that, that I'm talking to understand that even women can do a great job in the financial industry. And you mentioned Citibank earlier, and, uh, and indeed, it, it's true. But they are more as a bank. For us, as an online trading, you know that the risk is much higher, I will say, for customers. Mm. Not for the customers that have a good educational. Uh, the, the risk goes low. But of course, it's a different world. And um, I hope that I will reach also uh, other levels. And... Uh, hope to do a good job <laughs> well it's great to see it it's great to hear not i don't you know whenever uh we have an interview with a female leader we don't normally talk about this topic and it, we don't need to uh, dwell on it but i know it's very important to certain people and and but i i just think it's amazing to see someone so ambitious who wants to even grow into the role more um and uh I impressed with how many countries you're in and, and I know personally how difficult it is to do any one market launch so to do them all so it's really impressive to see uh, but yeah so I, I, you know there's a few other things we want to talk about one particularly uh, all you know we haven't talked spoken about the pandemic but I want to phrase it in a way where uh, all the trends that have happened with the financial market there was a bit of a drop uh in the in the financial markets when when there was a shock say in the middle of march last year but then there's been an amazing rally everything's at all-time highs there's seems to be a, not no correlation between some of the economic suffering and the health uh suffering with the financial markets uh we've seen uh you know lots of liquidity uh we've seen uh new products and crazes around crypto around spacs around pipes around all these different things uh what do you how do you assess it what are we going through is it is a crazy new era in the financial world as well i think this period was very very volatile and this is something that can be seen starting from the beginning of the pandemic yes we are passing through a different uh, i would say financial area and a different uh, way of the market is going in a direction that it's very hard to predict, actually. It was a period that when, when uh, the market goes uh, high and after that goes down, I will, not, I, I will like not to talk very much about the, about the market. I will say that the pandemic changed the life of everyone and also changed the sectors, starting from financial and also the technology. Uh, if we are looking uh, two years ago, we had a lot of startups, I would say, or a lot of companies that they tried to reach a level in the technology world. Now with the pandemic, everything was booming. We can look, for example, on Zoom, that we all know what happened with Zoom in this period and was so well uh, used and increased so much and was a difference. So yes, I, I will say that the market changed a lot uh, during the pandemic. And I think that this pandemic changed the life of everyone including ours now you you will see yourself without uh, having a nap or a zoom or no never like not even in 20 years from now <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it's there's been a huge digital transformation um but yeah I, I appreciate we can't really talk and predict about you know the the markets and the financial world is always uh unpredictable and up and down and uh people do a good job at assessing it but what do you think about uh the sort of trends we're seeing from an investing point of view. Obviously, you know, we kind of touched on some platforms earlier, but do you see do you see a, a maturity of investors or do you see this as something that's risky, that too many people are entering into retail trade investing and don't really have the experience? Um, how do you kind of assess the sort of uh, consumer appetite at the moment? Look, the... the the industry, and not only this industry, all the industries when you are, in, you are investing in something can be risky. It's not only about the online, it's not only about how the market uh, moves. All the industries and every investment that you do can be risky. You can actually, for investor, for, for example, invest in an apartment and the price will go down, or you can uh, invest in a, in a business and will not work. So all, uh, all the investments are risky. I will say that for 
um, less experienced clients or for someone that is still new into the market, the risk is higher. But with the with the products and the educational tools, like starting from uh, uh, fundamental and uh, technical analysis, starting from reading the news, uh, like we have different type of investors. We have investors that they are uh, going into the more fundamental, that they are watching the news uh, and they like to be connected with politics and the economics and so on. And we have also investors that are more technical and we like to use indicators and uh, analysis. So I would say it's mature and it, indeed it's risky, but it's risky even with pandemic or without pandemic. And any business is risky if you do not take the correct decisions uh, or if you do not have, I would say, enough education for, for this type of, uh, of market. And again, you have two different strategies. You can go on long term and take less risk, or you can go uh, more into risky. And I would say that our generation and even the young generation, they are willing to take more risk. Mm. They like and they will want to invest their money in something. It's not so popular now to keep your money in a bank account without actually using them to try to, to, to do something else. Some people or some investors are actually trading because they, they are experienced and they like to do it and they have enough maturity to know where to invest. And also they have past experience mostly in United Arab Emirates where I would say that the investor have already past experience with different uh, funds or different investments they made. Mm. And uh, yeah, I think it's mature, but in the same time, as I said, no risk, no chance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the risk reward ratio. Yeah, so uh, it's it's just interesting at the moment because obviously you you say you say it's very volatile the markets and in general and hard to predict. And one of the big things that the markets seem to be trying to understand is you know are we going to have not just a correction but something bigger than that? Will inflation come? Will interest rates go up and things like that? And you know, one of the statistics I, I read and or heard on a podcast recently related to it, one of the most famous uh, stock market crashes of all time uh, in, in 1929. And in, in a few days, it dropped 9%, but in 10 years, uh, the markets dropped 90%. And, and it took 25 years to recover to 1955 after World War II to recover where the markets were in 1929. And in that narrative, it's just a little anecdote. It's a narrative that's quite scary because if if we think that a generate everyone who's the the total investment into uh, stock markets could be wiped out and not recover for twenty five years, that's quite squ scary. So um, really, you know, we had a financial training uh, course in our by our insurance company yesterday for for twenty five staff here in Dubai. And I was fascinated by the amount of questions, the different things around credit cards, about insurance, about savings and things like that. And I, what my sense was that people are looking for sort of general rules. But, but what's your view on that? Do you have rules or do you say it's about educating yourself or what would your advice be to people? I will say it's about educating yourself and be, um, I will say very, organized and try to 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 look more and read more because in the end to educate yourself is not only to have a platform or to have as you mentioned a credit card or a bank you need to know more than that you need to to compare you need to look for example in our platform we are offering a range of analyze uh, analysts from uh, different uh, banks and different industries that they are saying also from their point of view um what, what they believe because they are they are analysts uh, i will not comment about the correction into into the market because you know i'm not an analyst i will tell you i'm more coming from operational point and from a legal and i will not want to say about the market because nobody knows how the market goes mm. but you know it, it's hard to to predict it's very hard to predict and also past experience doesn't uh, give you um future performance mm. indicator so i think every investor they need to educate themselves and also when they choose to invest in an asset they can have and they have at least in our platform all the information at once so they can understand what is it about how the market went what they believe they will do because again nobody can predict mm. it's only what analysts can say about the market and of course educate yourself this is 
rule number one in any type of business, yeah. not only in uh, online trading. Okay, true, sure. Okay, so uh, fair enough. And I know there's a lot of regulation and uh, platforms shouldn't give advice, etc. So I appreciate that. But it's good to hear it for, as the listener might be from a consumer point of view. But from, I, yeah. I, I would like just to mention that we are not giving advices to our customers. Mm. And also I think for investors, it's very important that they are looking to trade and invest with a regulated company. Mm. We know that also this market, the same like other markets, they have companies that they come with less regulation from uh, other jurisdictions or they do not have regulation. So I think for investors, in order to make sure that all the information they are getting are true, correct and not misleading, they need to invest with the regulated entity. Hmm. Interesting. And this is uh, this is really important. And we are not giving advices to our to our investors. We believe that this, uh, they need to take their own decisions based on the news and education that we can provide to our educational department or to our platform. Interesting. And Madalena, from your point of view as a CEO, what are you focused on right now to protect uh, the company? Are you focused on cybersecurity? Are you focused on you know, partnering with the right regulators. Where's where's the? How are you hedging some of that risk in this sort of uh, space that you're in? Of course, the security is priority number one, and I think should be priority number one for all all the companies. I will say that is priority number one because again, we are coming from an industry. We are coming from Europe. We are also the our investors. They are different than other regions like United Arab Emirates. They are already very or much deep into online trading, much more, they know a bit more about GDPR, for example, or for uh, about security. So yes, this is priority number one that we are day-to-day -day focused with our uh, with our team members. Um, part number two is that besides the, the security, we are all the time looking how we can uh, protect our investors from different uh, frauds or not enough education, okay? So we have, for example, for our customers, because as I mentioned, we are a regulated entity, we have a full questionnaire for our customers before they will open an account. We are assessing their level of experience. And if they do not have at all experience, they will have a demo account that they can get used to and trade on it. So we are not offering our platform to any person that doesn't have at all experience. They need mm. to have medium experience or more experience because for the one without experience, we are giving for them the possibility to stay between one and three months on a demo platform to make sure that they understood what is it in the online world and what are the risks that are involved. So for us, it's very important that the clients that are coming to us, they understand in what they are investing, in which kind of products, that it's a market that, as you said, nobody can predict or it's very volatile. It took 25 years to get a correction. So they need to understand all these aspects. Mm. We do not position ourselves as a bank. We are in the end an online trading platform. Mm. And we do not want customers to come and just without with zero experience to say, I would like to trade and we do not offer for them something. So yeah, security and uh, uh, sec security for the platform and for the customer's data and also security for the customer's um, strategies or uh, education. Interesting. I'm going back to the consumer point of view and also from a product point of view. Uh, it's a huge topic and we could have another podcast about it, but the digital currencies, crypto, blockchain, all this stuff. How do you view that and what's uh, CapEx uh, approach so far? Okay, We are also offering cryptocurrency for our investors. If they would like to trade on an online trading platform, they can also have this possibility. Okay. Um, what is our view? I will say that in the end, cryptocurrencies and crypto exchanges, at some point, they will be regulated as well. Meaning that besides what we are offering the, the CFD products on crypto, the crypto exchanges and the Bitcoin and the Ethereum and so on, they will also be regulated. And I think that will all the, like, you know, a few years ago when all this craziness with crypto started, nobody actually believed in it. Now, when we see the price and we see how much went up and how many customers actually want to use it, it's like a boom into the market. Mm. So our view is that at some point, we like also to make a different product that will be a, maybe a crypto exchange that we can offering to our customers as well, because it's a big interest. 
into into cryptocurrencies. Definitely, very exciting at the moment. Uh, what's happening? But again, as you mentioned, a lot of volatility. So, uh, lastly, to finish on, uh, you've got a, a good view of different regions, particularly in Europe and Africa, and now in the Middle East for the last two years. What what should we be hopeful about? What what are the signs that you see uh, that there is an emerging market here, particularly in the sort of investor space and the fintech space? Um, you know, we are not only in, in Africa and uh, in Europe and uh, and the United Arab Emirates or MENA region. We are also into Latin America, for example. When we are looking on the overall uh, pool of investors that we have, we understand that more and more young generation are willing to invest. So my view is that at some point, you know, in the end, an investor is an investor. They want some products, you need to offer it, and you need to make sure that they are getting what they, are, they want in all the countries and all the regions. So my view is that an overall, an overall view is that most young generations started to invest. Also, all generations started to go more digital. Like in the past, they like to use uh, cash money or cash uh, payments. Now they, are, they need to use the credit card and it's much more flexible for them. So an overall view from, uh, from my point of view is that all the generations started to understand that the investment, online investment is the correct one or is the newest one mm. or is the most excited one now. Mm. Brilliant. From all the regions. Brilliant. And people listening, you know, it's a recurring theme of, about uh, how young people are in the region and how they all want economic prosperity and it's just amazing that there is an overlap there and that there's another platform in the region that believes in the region and is offering a good product uh for people to hopefully be smart with their money uh, really pleasure talking to you this morning madalina and i hope uh, i hope uh, to hear more about capex as they kind of expand globally but in particular uh, in the middle east so thanks a lot for your time Thank you very much, Richard, and have a great day. You too. Take care. This show was powered by Zmooney. Once again, a big thank you to them to help us provide this content to you for free. Also, thank you to our producer, Yana Kalashikova, editor, Alibaba. Please do check out more Dubai Works episodes and other shows over on Smashy.tv. You can follow us on social media and download our app, which is available on iOS, Android, and all good smart TVs. See you next week.